Welcome to On the Ballot with Ballotpedia, where we take a closer look at the top political stories of the day. Ballotpedia connects people to politics by providing neutral, nonpartisan, and reliable information on our government, how it works, and where it's headed. I'm Victoria Rose, and thanks for being with us. Today, I'm joined by Ballotpedia's Ryan Byrne, who's back with more from the ballot measure world. Today, we'll be taking a broader look at the 11 statewide ballot propositions that have qualified for the ballot in California for elections this year. Ryan, thanks for coming back on the show twice in one week. That's a lot. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, there's a lot to cover of California. We would probably need a whole series on this state and ballot measures. No, we should do like, okay, that's a great, I'll take a note of that. We'll have a whole series. <laughs> You'll have like four episodes in one month. Do you think you could handle that? Maybe. Talking about ballot measures. Yeah, I think so. We can do it. Okay, we'll, we'll put it on the calendar. So 10 of these ballot measures won't be voted on until November 5th, but next week voters are heading to the polls on March 5th and California voters will decide on a pair of bills appearing as Proposition 1, which are designed to make changes to the state's Mental Health Services Act. So Ryan, how did this get on the ballot and what will happen if it passes? Yeah. So as you said, Proposition 1 is the product of two different bills, which is kind of an interesting dynamic, but they were then combined. So two bills, one ballot measure. This is a product of the governor, Governor Gavin Newsom. He proposed Proposition 1, I think about a year ago, March 2023 is the first time that um, there's kind of an announcement from the governor's office on this proposal. And then, you know, there was a legislative process. Legislators introduced his proposals as two bills. Both of them received unanimous support from legislative Democrats. Republicans were divided. Each one had a bit of a different ratio, about about half when you, when you go between the two bills, half of Republicans voted for it. So if Proposition 1 is approved, it would make several changes. And there are a good number of changes, so I'm not necessarily going to get into details about all of them. So it would rename this 2004 Act, which is called the Mental Health Services Act, to the Behavioral Health Services Act. I mean, that's just a renaming. It may be symbolic in a sense, but I think the shift from mental to behavioral kind of it gives our listeners an idea of what this proposition is doing. So it would expand some of the purposes of that bill to include substance use disorders, including for people with mental illnesses, changing how revenue from the state's 1% tax on income above 1 million is spent under law, including requiring a 30% of it to be allocated to housing intervention programs. Now, one of those other bills that is part of Proposition 1, specifically dealt with a general obligation bond. This is a $6.38 billion general obligation bond to fund housing for homeless individuals and veterans, including up to $4.4 billion for mental health care and drug or alcohol treatment facilities. It would also provide $2 billion for housing for homeless persons as well. So Proposition 1 has had sort of an interesting conflict surrounding it, like who's on the supporters and opponents side. What has the media been saying about Proposition 1's chance of passing? Right. I don't think there's really been too much judgment about whether it will or will not pass. I think people are kind of expecting it to pass uh, for a few reasons. You know, it really it has the governor's backing. There are definitely opponents, but they haven't necessarily spent anywhere near the same amount of money as supporters. And polling has generally indicated that there's broad support for this measure between 60 and 70 percent. Those polls are from December and early January, I believe. So I know from covering ballot measures for a long time, what people think about ballot measures is often determined during those final months or weeks before an election. It's not uncommon to see a ballot measure do very well in polls and then lose on a election day. In terms of the media itself, editorial boards in California often endorse ballot measures. So we've seen most of them actually come out in favor of this. The San Francisco Chronicle, the Los Angeles Times, they've endorsed it. A few others have. One that has opposed it is um, the Orange County Register. 
Very interesting. Well, let's turn our focus to November, the general election. There are seven citizen initiatives that have qualified for the ballot, including one veto referendum. The initiatives relate to pandemic prevention research, the state's minimum wage, remediation for labor violations, vote requirements for new taxes, local rent control, and oil and gas well regulations. So quite an array of topics. Which ones are sticking out to you? You know, a lot of them are pretty notable conflicts, but I think the big one to watch right now is an initiative to define all state and local levies, charges, and fees as taxes. So sponsors call it the Taxpayer Protection and Government Accountability Act, and it's supported by the California Business Roundtable. It would also require new state taxes proposed by the state legislature to be enacted via a two-thirds legislative vote and voter approval, and new local taxes to be enacted via a two-thirds vote of that local electorate. In other words, it would require larger vote thresholds for taxes to be enacted, and it would include levies, charges, and fees in that definition of taxes. Now, Governor Newsom has actually filed a lawsuit with the state Supreme Court to remove it from the ballot. You know, we'll see how that plays out and how that goes. If it's not too early to begin discussing this, <laughs> is the initiatives that haven't made the ballot yet, but could. In California, campaigns need to notify the state when they've collected 25% of the required signatures. So we actually have a pretty good idea by this point in the election cycle about which ones have a good shot that haven't been certified yet. Campaigns generally will submit signatures between March and, and April at the latest to meet the state signature verification deadline around the end of June. So there are currently six more initiatives that have met that 25% threshold but haven't submitted signatures yet. Uh, one of them is an initiative to increase drug crime and theft penalties and allow a new class of crime to be called treatment-mandated felonies. People have probably heard about California and Proposition 47 and crime and such in the news. So who's actually bankrolling this ballot initiative is, is Walmart. Walmart has provided most of the funding so far, but it also has the support of other companies like Target and Walgreens, several police associations, and San Francisco Mayor London Breed. Yeah, that'll definitely be an interesting measure to watch. Another interesting note I was going to point out about the Taxpayer Protection Act and its opponents is that the state legislature actually also placed an amendment on the ballot for November to require initiatives that change vote thresholds to supermajority votes to pass by that same vote requirement as being proposed. The legislative amendment also contains a provision stating that the supermajority requirement would apply to initiatives featured on the same ballot as that amendment in November. So in other words, the Taxpayer Protection Act would have to pass by a two-thirds vote if this amendment also passes. So it's kind of a very convoluted conflict between the legislature and, and these uh, this initiative. Right. And it's it's definitely going to make November election night interesting to watch with ballot measures because we have to watch well, paying attention to both those measures together and what the margins actually going to be. Yeah, that's a good point. Speaking of legislative referrals, the state legislature voted to send four constitutional amendments, including the one I just mentioned, to statewide ballots so far. Can you tell us a little bit about each? So two of them are actually related in some way to housing. So one of them would repeal a voter requirement uh, for publicly funded housing projects classified as low rent. So currently in California, certain publicly funded housing projects require voter approval. This amendment would get rid of that. Now, there's another one that would not get rid of a voter requirement, but decrease it. So there's another constitutional amendment that would lower the vote threshold from two thirds to 55 percent for local special taxes to fund housing projects and public infrastructure. You already mentioned the supermajority for supermajorities amendment. So then there is a fourth one. Uh, people probably, along with Proposition 13 in California from the 1970s, another very famous ballot initiative in California is Proposition 8 from 2008. 
So there's actually a constitutional amendment to repeal that this year, to repeal Proposition 8. It would, in its place, provide new constitutional language that says the right to marry is a fundamental right. Turning our attention back to citizen initiatives from our data going back to the 2010 election cycle, there has been an average of 82 ballot initiatives filed. And of those, nearly 12 percent were certified for those election cycles. Like I mentioned earlier, there's already seven so far that have qualified, but it's only February. So should we expect more to come, like you said, at least six more or? (laughs) Right. Yeah, we could see six more. We could see more than six. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. We should expect more state ballot measures in California for November. Like I said, the signature verification deadline isn't to the end of June, and that's just citizen initiated ballot measures. The legislature could put more on the ballot, more constitutional amendments. A general obligation bond would require voter approval. Any significant changes to previously voter approved ballot initiatives require sending those back to the ballot. So there are a number of avenues which we could see more ballot measures from the legislature as well as citizens on the November ballot. At Californian, it's definitely going to keep our team busy. Um, Are there any trends or storylines you're going to follow throughout the rest of the year in California specifically? Yeah, you know, I think I already weighed in on kind of the three big ones. So taxes, ballot measures related to crime and Proposition 47 and various interpretations of of how those two things are related is obviously playing out. Uh, housing continues to be a big issue. I think we've seen housing come up on the state ballot, not just the local ballot, but the statewide ballot for a couple of years now. There's a right control initiative on the ballot. I believe this is third right control initiative uh, in recent years. And again, there's those constitutional amendments designed to remove or decrease uh, vote requirements. Yeah, a lot of interesting things to to watch. Um, that's all the questions I have for you. It's always fun talking shop with you, Ryan. <laughs> Great. Anytime. Thank you. Before we sign off, I wanted to mention that we're in the middle of our Ballotpedia Society Winter Membership Campaign. If you'd like to join our list of generous donors or become a monthly donor, check out the link in our show notes. By making a monthly gift, you'll help Ballotpedia provide daily, weekly, and monthly newsletters and podcasts just like this that are incisive, informative, and yes, free. Please visit donate.ballotpedia.org slash on the ballot 2024 to donate today. We'll be back next week with another episode. Make sure you subscribe to On the Ballot wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Victoria Rose, and thanks for listening.